What's going on, Bulls Nation? Welcome in to the CHO Bulls Podcast, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download their app. Be sure to use that promo code CHGO when you sign up. I'm Peck. You can follow me on Twitter at Bulls underscore Peck. Join me my guys in studio. Big Dave. Bow. BWL Bow. Sports. Will the go golly Will underscore golly oh, And no. joining us from the producer's chair, it's our friend Sarah Fitcher. What's up, Sarah? Ooh, hello, you. hello, hello. <laughs> Rocking the CHGO Bulls script shirt today. Very nice. I wore it just, just because Look of you guys. That. Always, always. She's she's helping us ease the transition. From from no Joe to still feeling comfortable. Were you guys you guys rocking with Kevin yesterday? Yeah, yeah. Kev was awesome, man. He did a great job. I'm sure she's gonna do a great job too with the pinky ring on. Is that it? Oh well, I is went to the I went too? to yeah it is I went to the Greek Fest uh, over the weekend in Lincoln Park That's and so I I ate a bunch of really good food and there was some really good jewelry vendors there so mm. I spent a lot of money. A but lot it's okay. of money. It's okay. We <laughs> just did the bracelet and the ring. That was one of some, some of my purchases. Oh. Yeah, I couldn't wear all of it, though. Did I bought you a lot. Did you get some for real? Uh, Matt? Me? Uh, I did not. Okay. No. She got us a couple of runs last night. Hey. Hey. No, I got us one run, one run, but one run everyone counts. Every run counts. Big Every win. Counts. Speaking of Kevin Wells uh, producing for you guys yesterday, he is a regular yes. contributing member to the WGN radio softball team. He was team the enemy last Chicago night. Media League. No the way. enemy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was worried that he was maybe trying to like, you know, steal some CHGO team strategy secrets while he was producing for you guys yesterday. Uh, Will tried to sign him. Uh, mm-hmm. tried he's a good player. Him, yeah. You know, Shortstop. Get him over there. But Part of a championship team last season. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's a good player. Yeah. But you guys We're trying to recruit him. We did. You did take yeah. that last night. I'm impressed. They were they're the defending champs. You guys beat them. Yeah, Sarah. <laughs> crazy Will, Will won't say this, but how, how was Will yesterday? Will was good. No, I thought everyone did great. Okay. And um, a new player that came in was Nick as well. Nick came in for mm. the show or for the not the show, but the the game. Bears and, Nick. Yes. Yeah. yeah. He's one of our regulars yeah, last yeah, season. Yeah. I thought honestly, I thought everyone did really good considering our first game and then what our game was yesterday. Mm-hmm. It, it was a big improvement. Good. There really was. Awesome, just a man. crazy sixth inning. I think we were down yeah. like five or six runs yeah. and we scored ten in the inning. Oh. Uh, Harm got a grand slam. That's Harm why. Yeah. A grand slam. Oh my god. Okay. Yeah. No, we were okay. killing it. Captain with a grand slam. Took some lucky breaks. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, the uh, opposing pitcher got hurt. Oh. Yeah, took a, a liner up the middle and messed up his finger, so he had to come out and then started to rally. But we took uh, full advantage of that injury. <laughs> for a dangerous sure. game. <laughs> Who hit the liner? Um, I think Dennis. Yeah, I don't know Dennis. everyone's name yet, though. I think it okay. was Dennis. Okay, one right. of our uh, one yeah. of our guys that Carm brought in. He's, okay, he's a baller. Got you. Got and then you. one of our new our intern Mike. Uh, he had a great game. He had a okay. great game. Yeah, he had an awesome game yesterday. Great game all around. All right. I, I love having interns who are capable on the softball field yeah. helping us out. <laughs> True indeed. We definitely needed a ringer every once in a while last season. I'm sure it'll be the same this season. Mm. I feel like it's just generally agreed upon in the league that you need an occasional ringer. That's okay. Yeah. Did you have any diving catches in the outfield, Will? I had one catch not diving. Mm-hmm. Um, Nick had I'm the diving right one. This year. Yeah, he did. I'm playing right this year, so the ball doesn't come to me quite as much, which is, which is for the best. We got some good outfielders <laughs> in left. Brendan, man, that dude, he'll, the ball will be up in there, two outs, and he'll just be like, let's go hit, and then he'll catch it. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, that is like Steph Curry <laughs> shooting and turning around before the ball goes in. <laughs> Uh, Let's go hit. Shout out to uh, Robbie Nels in the comments who said, hey, first time catching it in the very beginning. Way to go, Robbie. Shout out to you, Happy to see you here. I expect, uh, I I respect punctuality. Always Mm. have, always will. Mm. Punctuality, great quality in people. Eh. (laughs) Says the guy who just rolled in. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, you know. I just get here. That's all I can Also, speaking of of punctuality, I was Uh, watching you guys, y'all's show from yesterday, and thank you for holding it down because I was still making, enjoy my my final day in Denver. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, I had not known until watching you, your guys' show from yesterday that you missed your flight. I did Friday morning. I did. I definitely did. I definitely did. Damn. Yeah. I was a little bit concerned because mm. we were up pretty late Thursday night. We were having a good time with we our were. DMVR people. No, I knew. I knew. And it you was were like, "Yeah, tough. my flight's at the crack of dawn." I was yeah. like, "It's already almost the crack of dawn." Hey, man. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's okay. I mean, it's literally had an alarm set like I always do on a daily basis mm-hmm. and that went off and that's what woke me up and that was my plane was taking off 
was when that alarm woke me up and I was like, oh, snap. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we were uh, crashing at my buddy's place, my buddy who lives in Denver, lifelong friend. Shout out to you, Timmy. And I put clean sheets on his bed. Yeah, bumped that. And then clean sheets on the guest bed and was like, yeah. Big Dave, I got you clean sheets. You take the big bed. I'll nah. take the pullout couch. And you were like, no, yeah. if I crash in that bed, I'm not making my flight. Correct. I'm just going to grab a quick nap on this here couch. Yeah, yeah. It was so a that better strategy decision. did not work. No, it worked perfectly because <laughs> I promise you, it would have been later that I woke up if I got in that bed. So even on that couch, I still was in a dream awake state. So yeah, I was fine. Trust. I wouldn't have heard that seven o'clock alarm. I promise you that. If I got in the bed, nine or ten o'clock is what I probably wouldn't have woke up in. It would have been worse. But I got home. Everything was cool. Hey, mom. Everybody was all right. So no, everything worked out, man. I sat in the middle seat in the economy. For like the first time in I don't even know that's, how long that's I said gotta, that's gotta be rough for you. It was not bad. No, honestly, it wasn't too bad. I like, lived that life pretty often. It was okay. middle seat economy. Yeah. yeah, it was. It wasn't. I, I'm not an economy flyer because I'm not built for it. <laughs> so I don't. I don't fly economy. It's either first class or the the one behind business that. class, economy plus, economy plus. Yeah, all that. Yeah. I fly those things. So when I flew economy, I was just a little concerned, but. All the crap I had been through just to get to the airport. <laughs> I didn't you were just care. happy to even be on the plane. Yeah, <laughs> but the people next to me—that's the thing about being big, though, Sarah. People will create space for you, <laughs> and they get out my way. So I have plenty of space right in the middle. Sat there and watched the movie *Knives Out*, pretty okay movie. And first yeah. one or second one? Second one. *Knives Out* was a. Uh, I'm sorry. The second it was one, like yes. a not glass the onion or glass something. Glass onion. onion. Yeah, yes. I yeah, haven't not seen as good as the first one. The, not the, as good the as the first one, one at all. But you know, Monet was, was awesome. But it was wasn't great. as good as the first one at all. But yeah, <laughs> that's what I did. I just sat and watched that. What's up, Spooky Kitty? In the comments, uh, I see people already reacting to the headline of today's show. We're going to talk about Patrick Williams and a possible extension on today's show. Um, Keith Smith, shout out to him. He's been on the show before. Uh, NBA cap expert. Wrote a piece uh, a couple days ago for Spot Track talking about the 2020 draft class um, and some potential extensions for that draft class that could make sense this offseason. So we'll talk about that. Mm-hmm. Also touch on a couple of little nuggets from an athletic column uh, about DJJ and Drummond and their likelihood Relax, of picking up kitty. or opting out <laughs> of their extensions. Uh, but before we totally move on, just wanted to say, and I know you talked to Will a little bit about it yesterday, one final shout out of thanks and appreciation to our friends over at DMVR. Mm-hmm. Showed us a good time. First two games of the finals. Shame they couldn't win both of those home games. Yeah, I'm, game I'm shocked. How was game two? Okay, so um, game two, I went uh, with my buddy Tim, and we did a, a little pre-gaming at the DMVR bar, but he had a much larger crew of friends that all wanted to watch the game together, mm. and as you and I saw Thursday, that DMVR bar was filled up. It was. At capacity, maybe a little past capacity, like three hours before tip-off. About. I don't know what he's talking about. So we, we got in there. You know, on Thursday, and then we also got in there, even though they were already full, mm-hmm. just for a little pregame hang. And then we went to go watch the bar, uh, watch the game itself mm-hmm. at a different bar, a different sports bar in Denver mm-hmm. with him, my buddy and his larger group of friends mm-hmm. where they would have space for us. Mm-hmm. And I'm actually kind of glad we ended up doing that because we did pregame and postgame at the DMVR bar. But mm-hmm. I got to see what watching a uh, Nuggets finals game was like at a different Denver sports bar. Okay. Because what we have seen and what we know is the MVR, our family, the All City Network, this place we were at, and you know, I won't say the name of the bar, and I'm not trying to knock them. Different universe, <laughs> not full, not the same hype, not. I mean, it's a sea of people at that DMVR sports bar yeah, for these correct. games. We saw it with their, you know, the, the abs run to the cup last season. Yeah, We're seeing it with yeah. the, the Nuggets playoff run this season. The place to go. That is the place to be yeah. in Denver, and it was a lot of fun. Teams. I know. Must be nice. Must be nice. Uh, but yeah, so there was definitely like a little bit of like a soul and energy uh-huh. to the city. So we went out Sunday night after the game, hung, hung out at DMVR for a while post game, then went out to a couple other spots. The, the vibe energies were very different between games one and game two. Mm-hmm. But I think most everybody still feels confident. Okay. That they'll bounce back. What do we got? Game three on deck tomorrow night? Game three tomorrow night. So what you're saying is... You're one and zero at the DMVR bar. I'm one and zero, and maybe and it's my fault one. that I, I didn't watch Game Two from the DMVR bar it because be. maybe maybe they wouldn't won if I did. It could be, you know. I mean, I'm undefeated. I'm not I taking I'm not taking full responsibility for it. Of course you're not. Why would you? You're Matt Peck. That's <laughs> how you roll. Not my bar. Not my bar. Not my problem. Not my team. Not my problem. Not his city. I, I am a happy jump on the wagon Nuggets fan yes, for a month and a half. Yeah. 
because I'm a company man and they're a fun team and I enjoy watching Nuggets basketball mm-hmm. and to hell with the Miami Heat now and forever. <laughs> so it's, it was not a hard decision to be yeah. like, yeah, rooting for Denver. Yeah. I know some Bulls fans might be rooting for Miami because of Jimmy. That's mm-hmm. fine too. I have no rooting interest. Of course not. He's already rooted for Miami. Don't let him fool you. He's already done <laughs> this. So whatever. Nobody listening to this. I'm rooting for seven games. Oh, my goodness. Um, I And then I to, ca- to cap off my I trip. i to take it all the way to the draft. Otherwise, we're oh, going okay, to like, okay. have like a week off. I don't, That's I don't want fair. that. That's fair. I don't want that. You know, what, you know what I did the last thing I did on my trip? Okay. I made my flight home. Okay. Uh-huh. Shots just, fired. Just, That's it? Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Good job. <laughs> but you, but you I, I, I have to say, I do respect the somewhat of a rant you went on complaining about the Denver airport. Because that thing is a giant clusterfuck nightmare piece of shit. I got told to go up and down the stairs. <laughs> I don't know how many times by different people. And the TSA pre-check line was literally from this wall out that door. Yeah. Like, into the next office. Yeah. Like, it was that long. It moved fast, but it was super long. I just knew I was going to miss it, but no, didn't work that way. Heart of a champion, man. We never Heart give up. of a champion. We don't give up. Also, like even the TSA pre-line at the Denver t- like security mm-hmm. is like long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was different. And then once I got through pre-check, you realize you have to get on a train <laughs> to go there. The trains to between terminals. And what are, what century yeah. are we in? What yeah. are we doing? We it could spend weird. all of our shows this week just talking Seriously. about the Denver airport. Seriously, we could, man. Garbage. So it's it's yeah, it's switch some things up. It's all I'm saying. But I got there. I got there safely. Got there. You know what I'm saying? We it got them back. Right. Both and made I'm, it home. Back Ladies here, and gentlemen, man. we got them. <laughs> uh, all right, let's take a, our first break real quick. Then we'll come back, dive in to a, a big and hopefully fun Patrick Williams conversation. I know some of you in the comments are big and fun. on edge already. Uh, what do we have up on deck first today, Dave? Well, the reason. I was able to make my flight mm-hmm. was because I was very excited because I knew what was at home waiting for me. But the reason I missed my first flight is because I didn't take my AG1. Uh, I did not get my AG1 in my system. Rookie mistake. Ah, I messed up. I said I don't have the 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods or superfoods, the probiotics, and oh, that terrifying airport. <laughs> the adaptogens <laughs> to help me start my day correctly. That special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, nervous system, immune system, energy recovery, focus, and aging. All the things you want to make sure you take care of. Costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than that cold brew habit that you might have, but I still love you. It's cheaper than getting those different supplements yourself, and you're investing in that all-in-one nutritional insurance. It's vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free, contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, or artificial anything. It got all that. But Matt Peck, sir, Mm -hmm. you have been on your AG1 for how long now? Uh, October of 22. Mm. Also, you're going to make it a whole year. This October, it will be a year being an AG1 member. And did I or did I not show you Mm -hmm. when we uh, had landed in Denver? He did. That I brought my travel packs with me in my dop kit. Made his flight. Brought the travel packs. Made his Drank flight. Drank them up. Mm-hmm. And he's feeling great. Feel great. And you replaced, your, you replaced the V8 with the AG1. That's true. That I is did. awesome, man. You did a wonderful thing, sir. Every morning. Every morning. So you can be like this. And to make it easy for you, Athletic Greens is going to give you that free one-year supply of that immune-supporting vitamin D. And fifth, five of them free travel packs with your first purchase. All you got to do, visit athleticgreens.com. Slash. C-H-G-O Bulls. That's AthletGreens.com. Slash. C-H-G-O Bulls. To take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutrition now. Insurance because of Athletic Greens. You scoop it. You dump it. You shake it. You drink it. Matt Peck, what you do? Oh, you feel it. Oh. That's mm. a good look right there. Every time you feel I was, it. I was ready for oh, it. Oh, I know you were. I know you were, man. You know, I'm just sharing the rock. Really I set. I was ready you know, to. He's, he's I'm, I'm always off. ready just in case. Mm-hmm. Got to be ready to shoot the rock. That's right. He had the day off. You know, he got to make, sure, <laughs> make sure he get his feet wet. You know what I'm saying? Make sure he's involved. <laughs> Team ball, player. Ball has energy. Team player, man. Today's show also brought to you by one of our newest sponsors here at CHGO, and that is. Who that is? Lewis University. Yeah. At Lewis University, many of their students are adults just like you. Many have full-time jobs. Many have families. All of them chose Lewis's supportive educational community to help make their transition back to school as easy as possible and earn a respected degree. Mm -hmm. It's just 35 miles southwest of Chicago. Lewis University is a comprehensive Catholic university ranked as one of the U.S. News and World Report's top 
top-tier colleges. Lewis partners with numerous employers for tuition discounts. Courses are offered in the evening and online and a blended format of course scheduling Mm -hmm. to help you balance work, family, and your education. All of it? Oh, yeah. Mm. Faculty bring real-world experience and instruction to the classroom, which is immediately relevant to your career. They even offer support and academic resources for their adult students. Whether you're looking to complete your bachelor's degree, enroll in a professional certificate, or graduate degree, Lewis has the right program for you. You can study a whole bunch of different stuff, criminal justice and public safety, data science, computer science, cybersecurity, business analytics, finance, an MBA, project management, whatever you want to study and advance your education and career, you can do that at Lewis University. So here's what you do. Discover how a degree from Lewis can help you build a better world. Learn more at lewisu.edu slash you can do this. One more time, Lewis letter u dot edu slash you can do this all night long all night long from the water boy <laughs> yes <laughs> it just hit matt That's... <laughs> he just he just realized what i did oh no we suck again, <laughs> oh, we suck again. <laughs> um all right guys let's uh let's talk patrick williams uh and a possible contract extension this offseason i know it's mm-hmm probably been on the back burner for Bulls fans thinking about are we bringing back Kobe White what are we going to do with uh with the Vooch extension I know you guys talked about that a bit more on yesterday's show with the recent report or rumor that maybe they're looking at a three-year deal and some of the figures with that and knowing that we don't need a Patrick Williams extension to get done this summer right in order for him to still be a long-term piece of this Bulls team that, that that they're building in the driver's seat yes right However, because Keith Smith for Track took a look at every player in the top 30, a.k.a. first round picks of that 2020 draft class where Pat was selected fourth overall, we thought we'd spend some time looking at it because okay. he made a prediction of who gets extensions for how much and who doesn't get extensions mm-hmm. from every player in the top 30 of that 2020 draft class. Uh, and I think it provides some pretty interesting context and interesting things to talk about. Regardless of where you are on belief or lack of belief in Patrick Williams, is it a core piece the Bulls need to keep and build around? Okay. Um, so let's start with Pat, and then we'll add in context. Uh, this is from Keith Smith on SpotTrack.com. Patrick Williams has become one of the most underrated players from this class. He's a good shooter, has shown improvement every season, and he's been durable in two of his three seasons. The Bulls roster and cap sheet are in a bit of a weird place, but they can't let Williams leave because of that. The new CBA allowing for non-max rookie scale extensions to cover five years could come into play here. Mm. Keith Smith's prediction, the Bulls signing Patrick Williams to a five-year extension worth $100 million collectively with no options attached. Mm. So that is, the, I guess, the first interesting thing we should note. For rookies getting extensions, the only, I believe, and correct, correct me if I'm wrong, Will, you could get a five-year if you were a max rookie extension. All other extensions were capped at four years, but now with the new CBA, they're saying that that's changed? Yeah, I think it was just the designated player. I'm not a 1,000% sure, but that would be like the, you know, the super max contract right. would have been five years, whereas now, I believe all uh, rookie extensions can go up to five years. Just because you're allowed to doesn't mean you have to, but that's, I think, where we're at right now in terms of what the Bulls could offer Patrick Williams. And I think before we even get into that, it's worth noting, one, that they have until mid-October, mid to late October, I think, uh, before the season starts, to sign an extension. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also wonder if they will come to an agreement or they'll let it ride out the way that they have with Kobe this past year, letting him go into restricted free agency uh, with Lowry the year before that. Just because if I'm Patrick Williams, like there's probably a certain number where I sign that five years and maybe a hundred million is that number, Mm -hmm. but it could be a situation like Jimmy Butler where he's betting on himself and saying, well, I think actually like if you put the ball in my hands a little bit more, I can develop into more of a shot creator, into more of a, uh, an option in the offense, and now I'm looking at 150 or 200 million if I really pop, okay. as opposed to the 100. So, just because he's eligible for this extension does not mean he'll agree to it. I think, like I said, there's probably a number where he 
is like, yeah, that sort of long-term security at X amount of dollars makes sense, but he could also just bet on himself and go into restricted free agency. That's true. What are your thoughts, Dave? Uh, well, I guess the question is what I come back to, which was, is he worth it? Mm-hmm. That's what I want to know. That's mm-hmm. what I want to know y'all answers about. Right. Is he worth it? Uh, my answer to that, as of right now, no. I don't think he's worth that. Would I give it to him? Hell yes. <laughs> In a second, I give him that money. Now, the reason I say that, basically, you're looking at what you've seen. Mm-hmm. We're all Patrick Williams supporters up here. All right. I definitely want Patrick Williams to be good. I still believe that he's going to be good. I'm, I'm just going by what I'm looking at and the development and getting better every year. As uh, Keith mentioned uh, in what he said, very underrated. I've just seen improvement every year from Patrick Williams. Mm-hmm. The one thing that continues to hamper it is because, one, he's a fourth pick. You can't get around that. Now, I don't think everybody develops at their own pace. Right. We get that for sure. But being a number four pick, they put a little more on you. you right. know, the spotlight's a little hotter. It's more eyeballs on you. They want you to pop sooner. That's just natural. That's just how I want it to be. I'm okay with him taking his time. All right, I'm okay with him getting to those points. But if it came up right now and you asked me, was it worth it? Like, no, I don't see the – I can't sit there and tell you, yes, he's worth $20 million a year right now. Will he be? Yes, I think so. Will I give it to him? Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Why? Because I don't think the Bulls can afford to let another pick walk out the door. Right. They can't do that. All right? I've seen too many examples of them doing that and then kicking them right in the ass. All right? It cannot Lowry. do that. Lowry, Bobby Portis, uh. Daniel Gafford, uh. Wendell Carter Jr. Yeah. We've seen these guys. But he's still yeah, no. just a little swift. You know what I'm saying? Betwixt, just a little toe. Betwixt. We and you on the same page with him, but it was a little toe right there mm-hmm. because he did improve because he found out he was blind and he did improve out there. So they can't afford to have that happen with another pick again for this team. They can't afford that, Matt. So optically, they have to do it. The fact that I think he's going to start reaching some of those goals within next year and the year after, I think you do it. The fact I like, right. I just like what his mindset is. He's talking about like this is easy for him. Like, right. dude, I'm going to be an all-star. I'm going to do all this. I could be a super, whatever, all that. Yeah. I like that kind of talk from a dude who don't talk. <laughs> I like that kind of mindset. So, yes. Does he worth it? No. Am I giving it to him with, in three seconds? Yes. Uh, Bull don't lie in the comments, I think making a, a potentially valid point saying five years and 20 mil a year would be a hell of a steal in a few years. Correct. If you are a believer in Patrick Williams still taking a big leap in his development mm-hmm. and how important he is to a team playing winning basketball in the NBA, then that is a very fair point. Because, you know, five years, 100 million sounds like a lot because it's 100 million dollars. Mm-hmm. You know, you do your Dr. Evil pinky. It sounds like a lot of money. As this cap continues to go up and up and up, 20 million annually is not a max player. 20 million annually is somewhere in the middle. In the middle. It's yep. actually half of a max player. So the rookie max extension is 207, 207. million, which is 25% of the cap. Right. Uh, 100 million over five years is $20 million annually, and that's just about 15% of the cap. Right. So to your point, Matt, Yes, it's a big number, and I think we still have to every year. You know, we hear about all these big numbers, Zach, two hundred fifteen million. Like, mm-hmm. that's a lot of money on its face. Mm-hmm. But what percent of the cap is it, and how does that allow you to operate with cap room moving forward? Um, I went and plugged in some of the numbers into the tool that Stefan No made that sort of projects what um, what salary a guy should have based on the amount of games he played, the amount of minutes per game and the production based on EPM, which is like the the best all-in-one stat that we have to work with right now. And that's at about $9.5 million annually. So $20 million, obviously a big step up from that number. But of course, that doesn't account for age and upside. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what we're talking about here is for a guy on your rookie extension, you're kind of paying him for what you hope that he can be. Correct. Whereas a guy on his third or fourth contract, you're paying you're not paying him mm-hmm. for what he has done. You're paying him for, for what he is, the years, and you know how he projects out. So mm-hmm. you you just have to be careful about that relative to age. Um, I still think 100 million dollars is a lot of money, and the way that it impacts the Bulls' ability to move forward with their cap sheet mm-hmm. we're talking about 22 23 25 million dollars for vooch going three years out you're talking about zach being 
40 million, 43 million, 45, 48 million um, every year for the rest of his deal. You've got Lonzo for this year, 20 and 21 next year. Mm. Um, you've got to decide what to do with Damar mm. and whether you extend him. And as we talked about yesterday, if they're going to bring back Vooch for three years, it would not surprise me if they line up Damar for two additional years after this one to, to sort of line up the group for the next three years. Um, I mean, who knows what the actual cap number would be, but including cap holds right now, if you project for uh, one, DeMar's got a $42.9 million cap hold for 24-25. Mm-hmm. If you're projecting 22, um, we'll say roughly $22 million for Vooch, you've got $20 million for Pat, and we'll call it $13.5 million for Kobe. That's like $191 million with cap holds and everything like that. So obviously it won't be the exact number. And this is rough, like back of the napkin math that I'm doing as we speak here. But that's not only over the cap, it's over the tax. Hmm. And again, this is all not even including how do you add other players that might actually help your team. Because as we know, this team won 40 games like this past year Mm -hmm. can't really (laughs) just keep running it back and hoping something gets better. So, um, they do have to be careful about how much money they're doling out here for their young players, their older players, just because like at some point something's got to give with this group and you need to have the flexibility to be able to go out and make changes. And if you're overpaying guys, especially with the new cap and how hard it's going to be to offload bad money, it's just going to be really, really difficult. So you don't want to lock yourself up to three, two, three, four years of really bad money on your books. Let me, let me ask you this. Um, the money that you're talking about for the younger players is don't you think you have to give them that because it's not a huge you know what I'm saying? it's not a huge uh, amount that you're giving up for the, i'm talking about kobe and i'm talking about pat not about vooch and damar and you know those guys but just about kobe and pat and giving them that kind of money don't you think you have to give those guys that kind of i money? do think you have because to if them. they go and do what they let's say they develop into something else on another team under a contract that looks really minuscule, you know what I'm saying, to a team, that's like a double whammy for the Bulls, isn't it? Yeah, so I think that's true. I think they have to prioritize re- retaining their young guys because, like I, like we talked about, like at some point this group is going to come to an end one way or another, whether they decide to trade these guys and recoup some assets or they just get old and retire. This, this group is not going to go on forever. Correct. So I do think they need to prioritize the young guys. I think they need to prioritize developing those young guys. But just because a guy is eligible for a certain extension, again, does not mean that you have to give it to him. What I think they'll probably end up doing is not offering him an extension unless it's like super team friendly, which I doubt Patrick will take, and instead letting him go into restricted free agency where they can match any offer that team gives them. Mm. So I think that's what's gonna happen this year with Kobe, unless they can come to something, like I said, really team friendly. Um, I would imagine that's how they'll operate with Patrick as well. Uh, to offer a bit more context, because I know Bulls fans, some of you in the comments, I see you say, like, he's not worth that. Uh, people talking about, well, like, if P. Will can be this as far as production on the floor, then he could be worth that. Uh, Bulls fans also love to bring up what you brought up uh, at the beginning of the conversation, Dave, which is he's a f- former number four overall pick mm-hmm. and how that has weighed and weighted mm-hmm. Bulls fans' expectations of him. Sure. Um, the other name that is very comparable to Pat in this 2020 draft class all the way down to 28 is Jaden McDaniels Mm -hmm. who Keith Smith and again these are just projections and figures and estimates Mm -hmm. but Keith Smith is a smart dude who knows what he's talking about he said he sees Minnesota signing Jaden McDaniels on a four-year deal worth a hundred million dollars so basically 25 annually Mm -hmm. uh, on average rather than 20 annually for Pat Mm -hmm. Uh, and you can say, well, Pat was drafted fourth, Jaden McDaniels drafted 28th. It doesn't matter, mm-hmm. at least to me, right. in my opinion, right. what, what that draft was and where they were picked. It's about whether or not you want to keep them around now and moving forward. Mm-hmm. And I thought this was interesting, too. Mm-hmm. Of this 2020 draft class, there are definitely some gems in it, but it was not great across the board. Mm-hmm. Um, of the top 15, so basically lottery, Keith Smith only projects five of those top 15 getting extensions, and Mm. Patrick is one of them Mm. at less than half of a rookie max extension. Mm. And the other five 
coming in the bottom 15 Mm -hmm. expected to get extensions. So 10 of 30 Mm -hmm. projected to get extensions from this NBA cap expert who knows what he's talking about. Well, go ahead. I'm just saying, like, even when that draft happened, if you remember it, it, everybody knew what the top three was. Nobody knew what it was after three. Correct. It was everything was a crapshoot from four to the end of the draft. Right. So, yeah, that, that's not really to me. That's not surprising, but that's a good point to let people know what it is. So it's like Minnesota obviously maxing Anthony Edwards, mm-hmm. the former number one pick. Uh, Lamelo oh, Ball. Unless they are dumb, Charlotte will max LaMelo Ball. Uh, Patrick Williams was at four. Then you really have to go all the way down to Halliburton at 12. That's the next no-brainer. That's a guy who's getting a max coming off his rookie deal. No question. Then you have to go all the way down to Maxi in the early 20s for the next guy who is a no-brainer extension. It's crazy. And I know Bulls fans love to, you know, grind on this front office for, for making that Patrick pick at four especially if you are three years in his career and not a believer in Pat, mm-hmm. and that's fair. But, man, like when I went back and looked at this draft class and who is like no doubt about it, ex- getting extension kind of players, there aren't that many. No, one has already been traded. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, Wiseman's already been traded. He was number two. Halliburton was traded. Halliburton too, right. Come on, man. Like, so, yeah, it wasn't like a draft everybody was losing their minds over. So everything was a crapshoot after three, but – but yeah, man, like those are X five is crazy. <laughs> like that just let you know where it was, man. But yeah, but I, I think that's the question, though, Matt. Do you think? Because I don't think Will can answer this, but I think you can because you know you're Matt. But is he worth it? Is Patrick Williams worth it? See, and I saw Bull online saying, you know, I I yelled at the Bulls for matching that uh, offer for Zach that the Kings got him, and I was livid about it at the time. Yeah, turns out. It was one of the most team-friendly deals in the league. And that's what I was shouting at the time, saying, duh, match that freaking offer. Zach Levine is that good. He is worth more than this. And by the end of this contract, he's going to be hilariously underpaid, which he was. (laughs) And we could be looking at a similar situation here with Pat. I mean, the the question that I have to ask myself or, or as you is, do you see that same level of potential that some of us saw in Zach Levine when he was coming off an ACL and played half a season before getting that go out and get an offer and maybe we'll match it, which I saw somebody else in the comments recommending that they do the same. I think it was Drewish maybe. Do that with Pat. Okay. Maybe instead of an extension now that may end up being a team-friendly deal before you dip you know, your entire foot in that pool, let's see what happens in Pat's fourth year. Okay. Test the market for him as a restricted free agent and match. Okay. If they want him around. Okay. So I will say, like, we'll kind of wait and see thing for you. Yeah. Okay. I'm in the same boat. And I'm not saying I don't think Pat would be worth 20 million. I think they just have to be careful. And obviously, if you're the team, you have to try to get him on a more team friendly deal. But given their position right now, both in terms of uh, young players with potential, in terms of draft picks, the ability to acquire more young players and develop them, in terms of their cap space. They need to retain their guys, especially their young ones. So um, I think they probably could do a little bit better if they were to come to an extension, maybe like 580 or something. I'd feel a little bit better about. But like you said, I mean, you don't really have a choice with this. You have one forward on the roster. He's 21 years old. You got to keep him. I mean, Derek Jones Jr. is only 26, Will. It's true. (laughs) Come on, Justin Lewis. Let's go. Man. And the reason I said Will, Will couldn't answer was because Will's in the locker room. And I know if he'll be comfortable getting answering that kind of question. Mm-hmm. That's the reason I'm saying Just to clarify. It. Just to clarify. And I'll say this, too. Uh, just plugged in Jaden McDaniel's numbers, who I, I've seen a lot in the comments as sort of a, a comparable right. player. Uh, again, based on games played, minutes per game, and EPM, he's looking at $23.5 million mm. annually. Wow. Okay. So okay. He, and I think the, the box score numbers – the right numbers are very similar. They're almost the exact same. Um, I think Jaden is a better defender. I think Patrick probably has a little bit more potential. Mm. But the team's performance with Jaden on the floor, I think, really separates him. And that's not entirely Pat's fault, but yeah. it is sort of a, a factor that plays into why Jaden's EPM is plus 0.9 and Patrick's is minus 1.4. Uh, the other Kyle Williams in the comments said, can't offer Pat an extension right now. Got to see what he does this season first. I, I, I think it's fair 
uh, that probably a lot of Bulls fans feel that way. Still playing the the wait and see game with yeah. Patrick before you think about offering him an extension. But then the other the other element to that is the I saw somebody talking about it in the comments the whole bet on themselves player mm-hmm. and that you know that offer that Jimmy Butler turned down mm-hmm. uh, coming you know out of his rookie year and then he was like you know what no I think I'm worth a little bit more than that I'm gonna bet on myself and then he went out. And won the most improved player of the yeah. year award. Balled out. And then made himself a much bigger contract with the Bulls yes, when they went did. back to the negotiating table. Yes, he did. I'm not saying that that's what I think is going to happen with Pat if they don't get an extension with him done now. I'm just saying it, it is another possible, sure. possible outcome sure. of what happens. because. Uh, and again, I know Bulls fans are saying, $20 million a year, $100 million. That's outrageous. What has this guy done? Well... Like, under the radar, what he's done is in his first three seasons, one of which he was hurt almost the entirety of, he's built himself into a quality defender, a switchable, versatile defender, and a knockdown three-point shooter. That's not nothing, especially in a league that is coveting, as Will was explaining, players of his size and skill set. Correct. $20 million for that player is not a lot of money. Yeah. That's that's the, the thing that I'm harping on right now when when I see Bulls fans be like, oh my god, that's so much money. Yeah, no, you're right. Patrick Williams is a unicorn style NBA player who maybe you're angry that he's not done more mm-hmm. production wise through his first three seasons, and you're fair to be angry about that. Yeah, if you see that potential in him, that that those figures as far as years and money to me is like. Yeah. <laughs> Give it to him. Yeah, that's that's why it's a no brainer for me. Like I'm like, I'd rather take that risk yeah. of, of him not turning out to be something than him turning out to be incredible. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because th- that's the difference, right? The difference isn't him turning out to be a serviceable basketball player. He's that right now. Yeah. The difference is him turning out to be an all-star, an all-NBA guy. That's the difference. And I'd rather err on the side of that than err on the side of him just being okay and not giving him that money. I'm willing to take that risk because I refuse to let that kind of dude, for all the reasons you just mentioned and all the reasons you mentioned, I refuse to let that kind of basketball player walk out the door on this team. Again, yeah. <laughs> no. I think I think they need to do what they need to do yeah. to keep him. One other guy I'll throw in as a comparison uh, who I've seen a lot is OG Ananobi, who mm. there's a ton of interest OG. in him around the league. He's obviously one of the best perimeter defenders that we have in the league, uh, the ability to switch, the ability to be a three-point spot-up shooter. But, you know, he's, first of all, like all all defensive team caliber defensive player, Mm. and he's averaging like 17 points per game. Like Patrick needs to take a big step up to get to that point. But we talk about OG as a guy who could command like two or three first-round picks in a trade. Mm -hmm. But part of the reason why that's true is not only because he's a good player, it's because he's on a really team-friendly contract. Mm. And the reason they could have traded him at this past deadline for a lot is because he has a year and a half left on that contract. Now you're looking at not only needing to pay him, to not only needing to pay to acquire him, but then needing to pay and potentially overpay to get him on his next contract. So I do think the value of the deal is really important here too. Um, just looking at like year three stats, very similar to Patrick's, 10 points per game, five rebounds, a steal and a half, uh, the defensive number is a little bit better, but like Patrick can still develop into that kind of player. And I think he's, he's making 18, $19 million a year. That's a steal on okay. this contract. So nice. maybe you're looking at the same thing mm. and an even more inflated cap landscape in the next two, three years. Mm. Uh, we got people chiming in, in the <clears throat> comments still uh, going back to the Jimmy comparison and players betting on themselves. Uh, Brooms ask, what up, buddy? Is P. Will the bet on himself kind of guy? Brennan saying Jimmy's built different. P. Will wasn't playing 48-minute games. Guess what? Hardly any players do that anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jimmy's an exception to the rule. And would point out, Patrick is coming off a season in which he played all 82. That's a big so, game, man. Uh, Corey in the comments saying too soft. I don't know if you can call him soft. 82 games is not soft, really. Uh, and then, of course, here we have our friend P. Will supporter in the comments saying, how do you say soft when he's one of three players in the league with 70 steals and 70 blocks? Whale up, Chicago. I think you he mean wake up. Wake up, but yes. Um, yeah, I... Well, supporter. Uh, maybe Wale. Uh, Always love and appreciate you Wale. hanging out. <laughs> so I think some of your takes and expectations. I saw you earlier in the comments saying that he's going to be a top five player like <laughs> tomorrow. I let's, let's let's pump the brakes on that. But again, I don't 
think it necessarily means if Patrick Williams is not on the doorstep of being an all NBA player, that this contract is, is something that you should immediately rule out mm. as feasible mm-hmm. and something that would actually be smart to mm-hmm. do. Um, I, you know, it's, it's, it's an interesting thought exercise because there are plenty of those moments where you see that player that we want Pat to be every night, yeah, but they're sporadic yeah, and they come yeah, and go. Yeah. And again, as we talk about all the other elements that go into the Bulls' decision-making this offseason, are they going to bring Vooch back? Mm-hmm. Are they going to try and sign and trade? Are they going to dangle DeMar and or Zach out there and see if they actually do want to make some sort of correction? If we take them at their word that they said this isn't good enough and we got to make substantial changes, uh, if, like, if Pat is granted a bigger opportunity for a bigger role, mm-hmm. do you believe that he can do it? Because if that opportunity is provided to him, and again, people in the comments saying, Pat isn't that kind of guy. Pat's not a bet on himself kind of guy mm. because sometimes we see that lack of aggression and it drives us crazy. Yeah, it does. I don't, I don't know yet, um, strictly because of that. It's too inconsistent. Uh, but it's wild, Matt, because the glimpses I see when he's in there, it's like, oh, yes, you know what I mean? Almost tears come to your eyes. Seeing that kind of stuff and what he does on both sides of the floor. And it's funny, you know what game I flash back to the most was the game he got he hurt his wrist in mm-hmm. when he played the Knicks, mm-hmm. that game. Because I remember going to that game with you and being like, man, Pat's got to do something, man. And I just remember the possession where he made a block on one end, came down, dribbled behind his back, went up and popped a J, then came back down and got another steal, went back down and got an and one. Like, I remember that. That pops in my head all the time because I'm like, yeah, he can be this kind of player mm-hmm. all the time. Something's blocking it mentally. And that's the difference for me. It's not, it's not anything physical. I refuse to let that mentality click somewhere else. I refuse. It was never nothing but mental here with Lowry, okay? It was never nothing but that. It just was a mental thing for him. Once the mental clicked, oh, my God. I refuse to let that happen with Patrick, dog. I would, no, I would, I would just be quite upset if I watched that mental click somewhere else. So that's what allows me to think maybe if you take the reins off, and put it on him. Some people are better when it's put on them, you know? And it just hasn't, it hasn't been put on him yet. Now, to that point, he hasn't done anything to deserve it to be put on him. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I got DeMar DeRozan ahead of you. Like, what you want me to do? You know what I'm saying? Like, this guy's ahead of you, bro. You have to find your places when, when you can. If he's that kind of player or not, we'll find out. But I'm cool with, you know, taking the rug out, opening up the curtains, whatever cliche you want to use, you know what I'm saying, for that. I'm cool with giving him, you know what I'm saying, that opportunity to be exactly where he wants to be, where he feels is comfortable, because I need these questions answered. Can you be that kind of guy? Well, here's the opportunity. Here's this way you want to be. There it is. Do it. Let me see it often. Let me see it consistently. Because then we can start having other real conversations. Then these things don't become hyperbole or rumor. Then they become facts. And I can deal better in that kind of thing, man. So I'm okay with finding out, Matt. But I do think he can. That's just me personally. And so I think the question then becomes, and because I think you're totally right, is can he have that opportunity in this system. If you're going to bring back Vooch and not trade DeMar and not trade Zach and basically run it back, like where do these opportunities come from? Because I asked Billy at the start of last season, are you going to give Patrick opportunities to show what he can do as somebody with the ball in his hands? Mm -hmm. And he basically just said, no, like they're not (laughs) going to, they're going to do what's best for the team. They're not going to just like gift him pick and roll possessions just to do it. And so if you're talking about him developing, if you're talking about him finding his way as a scorer, as a creator, where does he do that? If nothing Mm -hmm. roster wise changes and nothing stylistically changes, Mm -hmm. because I think that's really what we want to see here. Right. Mm -hmm. It's not just like this team doesn't work. It's the group, the way that they play together has not proven to work. And I think not only does it not work, it's also not conducive to development for the young players and so you're trying to thread the needle between win now and develop and you're really doing neither right and it's detrimental to the present and to the future bars that damn right yeah. uh all right uh, let's take our second break we'll come back and touch on a few other bulls off-season contract decision uh tidbits that came out uh from john hallinger of the athletic uh earlier today uh while we're doing that do us a simple easy favor hit that thumbs up button if you're watching along on youtube give us a like 
It's a button. You can click it. It's right there. Mm. And of course, make sure if you aren't already to subscribe to that CHGO Sports YouTube channel. We greatly appreciate it. Mm. Today's show also brought to you by our wonderful friends at the Goose Island Beer Company. Goose! Chicago's beer since 1988. You've got the Goose IPA, a six-time medal winner Jordan. at the Great American Beer Fest. Jordan fades back. <laughs> That's the game! <laughs> Take that, Reebok. American flag! <laughs> Always in style, the citrus aroma and the bold hop finish. Their line of different beer hugs, their new line of IPAs, the hazy, the tropical. They are delicious, but watch out because they are high in alcohol content. Mm. One or two will do you. The 312 Wheat Ale, another summertime popular one for all Chicagoans. And the one Dave and I are sipping on right now on set, the brand new Full Pocket Pilsner. An everyday beer for everyday folk. It's what the brewers are drinking. Mm. So grab an ultra-fresh brewery-exclusive beer at Goose Island's Original Brew House on Clybourne Avenue in Lincoln Park or from their tap room on Fulton Street in Westtown, just right around the corner from us here at CSGO Studios. Goose Island Beer Company, it's Chicago's beer. Cheers. Mm, 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 mm. Hong, 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 hong. Hong, 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 hong. Yeah. Didn't, didn't, didn't see any, uh, we did see Goose in Denver. Yes, we did. We did. We did. Some we of the bars we were hanging out at. I saw two of them, but actually I saw four of them, but it was two of them. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Breckenridge also. Great, uh, great beer partner. Also very City. nice. Also very nice. Um, also, I wanted to give a quick shout out to Cerebral Brewing in mm. Denver. I was hanging out there Saturday night. That's a flex. I was chatting with the bartender. He heard me over talking, uh, overheard me talking with my buddy about Chicago, in town visiting Chicago. He heard you? I'm yeah. shocked. <laughs> I use I my inside voice problem. only on the rarest of occasions. <laughs> I, I don't um, have that problem. Nobody ever overhears me. Nobody hears the goat. Speak up, Will. Listens. <laughs> Nobody hears them, but everybody listens. Mm. Anyway, this bartender at Cerebral Brewing, Jimmy was his name, I believe. Shout out to him. Shout out. Uh, he was like, uh, you know, oh, he, uh, you're in town just for the finals. I was like, yeah, I work with a company. We've got a branch here in Denver, the OG branch. He was like, oh, what company? I was like, uh, All City DFVR. He's like, oh, right on. I hang out at the bar all the time. I'm a member. Mm. I was like, oh, Die Hard member? He was like, yeah. I was like, oh. dude, shout out. And that was one of a million examples of me being in Denver. People being like, oh, oh, DMVR? Yeah. CSGO? Yeah, we'll check you out. Ingrained. They are. Ingrained. They are the people of the people <laughs> over there in Denver, man. Dude, I can't tell you how many shirts I saw just on my way to the apartment. Mm-hmm. Like, just DMVR stuff, bro. They are ingrained in cool the culture. Cool to see. It's cool awesome. See. It's very awesome to see. Um, I was looking at this text message I got from Baby Joey. Baby Joey! Uh, he sent two things. Uh, he says, uh, Steven? Baby Joey said, take that ugly-ass shirt off. He don't like it. That's what Baby Joey said. That's what Baby Joey said. I'm going to put on the Heat one instead. You're going to put on the Heat one instead? Okay. He's going to put on the Heat one instead. Uh, Re- really wearing a Minnesota Timberwolves Jimmy Butler jersey Scherzy. right now. Scherzy. That is a That is a bold choice. That's what Baby Joey said, man. And uh, he, Baby Joey, uh, Sarah, he said he hopes you like the ring and the bracelet. Thanks, Joey. That's, that's what so Baby nice. Joey said. Baby Joey? <laughs> yeah, that's what Baby Joey said. <laughs> Isn't he, he's at like summer camp right now, right? Actually, Building said rockets? He was at, actually or... said he was at Greek Fest. That's what Baby Joey said. Oh my God, really? Yeah, yeah Baby Greek Joey Fest said is Uncle awesome. Jo- Uncle Joey is at camp. Mm-hmm. Baby Joey is what we've taken to calling Joey's nephew, mm-hmm. whose name is not actually Joey. Yeah. We just refer to him as Baby Joey. He's only a couple months old. And he's like a month old, but he yeah. and Big Dave are already really tight. Yeah, he cool. He travels the world traveler. Oh, well, I don't doubt that at all. He's, yeah. a, he's, a, he's a world traveler. <laughs> Absolutely. We talk off the Absolutely. So he said he was at Greek Fest. Uh, he has something to do with the making of that jewelry. That's why he says he hopes you enjoy uh, what he had on. I'll, he said, I think he says he on the piece of the company. So I don't know. He just got investments all over. So baby Joey said, man, he got I investments all over. I love him so much. Hey man, that's what we do. <laughs> and then he also because he always asking me, you know what I'm saying, and asking me, telling me that he never understood. Never understood. Never understood. Baby Joey don't get it. Why? Why are these glasses so expensive? That's how he talks. Maybe Joey, that's how he talks telepathically. I'm just proud that he's already talking at a month old. No, telepathically. He don't say he's words. Pounding AG1. <laughs> <laughs> he don't get it. He don't get it. Go face back. Switch. <laughs> and he don't get it. He don't understand why these glasses cost so much. Why can't they be affordable? Why does it cost so much to look cool? Why can't you just be like the goat? Because you know why? You're not. But you can be. Because you can also have on some Shady Rays. You can wear those premium polarized shades at an affordable price. Why? Because Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company. Offers that world-class product that is just as good as any expensive pair you have ever put on your beautiful face. The durable frames. The extreme optics for your outdoor. And as this man likes to prove. Indoor adventures. And of course, 
the greatest protection plan in all of eyewear, the Matt Peck lost and broke and replaced his plan. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> That's a toss there. Missed Kev's doorway. You didn't. And I've been in there twice from when I was sitting here. And that was really <laughs> impressive both times how he went in there. But He's working his ass. I didn't want to distract him. No, well done, sir. The fact that you can time it and place it is just part of your greatness. No look. That's <laughs> And let's just say those glasses are on that hat he tossed and they break and they snap. Oh, no. Oh, no. He's upset. Crap. But guess what? Shady Ray says, send them back. We'll send you a brand new pair. Wow. Right back on your face and they'll do it for free. Or let's say you got on a frame and you said, you know what? I saw Goat Maverick had it on. I want to go outside and play volleyball and look cool, too. But guess what? Then you realize it's only one Goat Maverick. Mm. Can't do that. Can't be that cool. But you can send those frames back in and get yourself your own frames that fit you wonderfully. As long as you do it within 30 days, you'll get that for free. No risk to you when you shop, y'all, and they always got your back. So, exclusively for the listeners out there, Shady Rays giving away the best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com. Use that code CHGO. Get yourself 50% off of two plus pairs of premium polarized shades. And try it for yourself. The shades rated five stars. Over 250 thousand people i've been told that that's a lot shady rays where the rays are oh so shady oh so shady Mm -hmm. uh drew's in the comments asked what if fake joey makes a return while real joey is away at camp oh remember there was a fake joey there was a fake for a while actually i think it's pete will supporter who was fake joey if i'm not mistaken oh you real i could be right I could be right about this. I, I don't know how they can manage that because my my assumption with P. Will supporter is that that person, whoever they are, is just bouncing from bull show to bull show in the comments, <laughs> yelling in all caps about how Patrick Williams is the second coming of, I you know, name one of the greatest power forwards hey, of all time. Well, I'm glad you're here, P. Will supporter. Thanks for showing up. You got the time to make a fake, a fake Joey account? Hey, man, he's worth that. Joey's worth that kind of time. <laughs> he's worth it, baby. Oh, he was fake Big Dave. Oh, excuse me. My mistake. My mistake. My bad. Uh, he was, there was a fake Big Dave after it was a fake Joey going around. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. and it was so, him. Many, so many fakers out there. So many fakers. There's you know, never, it's not there's fake. There's never been a fake Sarah. Then why isn't there a fake Sarah? Can we get a Get on it, Bulls Sarah, Nation. Do you want a fake Sarah? It's, no, honestly, it's okay. Well, it's too late. <laughs> Spooky Kitty is very happy to hear from you, so he might make a fake Sarah. Who knows, man? That's true. All right. All right. Don't, be careful what you ask. I'm, 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 that is true. That is true. <laughs> Just saying, man. I'm, I'm always a little wary of the, of the fakers on the, on the inter- internet. Yeah. I don't want, yeah, people making fake accounts of other people. Mm-hmm. Don't trust him. That's why it's the most annoying part of this stupid Twitter takeover from Elon Dipshit. Yeah. There's just fake <laughs> accounts galore. Oh, I got a blue check mark. Good for you. God, I hate Elon Musk. Elon who, man? <laughs> what you call him? What did I call him? What'd Elon call? Dipshit? Yeah, that's him. <laughs> <laughs> I have a rocket ship, and I own Twitter now. Am I cool yet? Do you like me yet? <laughs> Sorry, man. No, none of us do. Now and forever. Oh, what a loser. <laughs> um, all right. It's the, it's the what a loser. Yeah, for right, me. Yo, it's all it's of it. Like for this man's a multi-billionaire. All this amazingly enjoyable. What a loser. Uh, truly. Not, not worth it. You know who aren't losers? Who's this, Matt Penn? NBA players with options on their contracts mm. that they can pick up mm. or decline if they want. Because mm. they got options, and the options revolve around making large quantities of money this is true that's is true. that's nothing a loser does i've heard that's a cool thing to do um so we wanted to touch on with our time remaining today a couple little tidbits from two players with player options whose deadlines are rapidly approaching okay Derek jones jr and andre drummond speaking okay. of other members of that bulls front court um we've talked a lot about the vooch and that extension but a couple interesting ones here as well in case you missed it this was from john hollinger for the athletic looking at all of the players with options coming up this summer and uh he said when it comes to jones he's easy to forget uh he isn't if he isn't uncorking poster dunks with limited offense uh offensive repertoire and if he floor spacing credentials making it hard to position him in an offense his minutes waned over the second half of the season just didn't score more than 10 points in any game after january uh. on the other hand he's only 26 years old yes really and his advanced stats have always suggested he's a rotation caliber forward while there is some risk if he opts out, as with Drummond, the, lo- uh, the downside of a minimum deal just isn't that low. And there's a case he could be worth closer to, say, $5 million a year. Uh, nonetheless, he reportedly plans on opting in. So we had heard that earlier this offseason, Derek Jones Jr. mentioning to someone, yeah, I've got a player option. 
I put it in that, you know, the negotiation for my initial contract because I wanted it and I intend to be here. Mm. Um, do you want Derek Jones Jr. to pick um, that option up, Dave? That's the question. Let me ask, let me ask Will this question first before <laughs> I answer that. Will, if he picks up the option and he opts back in, does that still give the Bulls the opportunity to trade him at any time or is there a time frame where they can't trade him? I wish I knew the answer to that. I will okay. look it up as we speak. But I will tell you this. The deadline to pick up his player option is June 24th. So June, coming oh, up so on coming it. Up coming soon. up. Okay. Um, I want to pick him up only if I can trade him. <laughs> that's, what I'm, that's what I was asking. If I can trade him, then yes. That's exactly how I want to do. Uh, I, don't, I don't know what you do here. Like, that's, that's really my thing for, for Derek Jones Jr. But the team will be fine if he's not here. The team will be okay. If I can win 40 games with you here, I can do that without you. <laughs> I will be all right. I'm not saying he's not a good player. I'm not saying he's not serviceable. I'm just saying for the fit of this team and how they use him, yeah. I'll be okay if he's not here. He's a small ball lineup kind of guy. And I don't know, man. It's, I'll, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. I'm 6'2", Tyson, by the way. But, yeah, um, I'll, I'll be fine. I'll be okay if Derrick Jones Jr. isn't here. So, personally, no. I, I wouldn't pick him up. I wouldn't pick up the option. And if they do, I'd be looking to package him in a trade uh, to try to get something. <laughs> sure. Uh, what say you from the faction of uh, small ball world, <laughs> Mr. Gottlieb? Um, so I believe, I'm just looking it up quickly, I believe you can be traded as soon as you pick up your option. You cannot be traded okay. before you pick up the option. Right, right, right. Um, as we all know, I'm a big fan of small yes, ball. Yes, you are. We've heard. We've heard. I like Derek Jones. I think he he gives you a unique option that the Bulls otherwise don't have. Um, but no, I think they need to get shooters in there. Like they need, they have a bunch of guys sitting at the end of the bench who don't really give you enough. Mm. And he's making more than the minimum. Uh, yes, you could look to trade him, but like, how much value does he have? Correct. I think. This group, if they're going to stick with their top eight guys, and I think we kind of have to assume they're going to, they need to bring in like a fresh back of the rotation. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean to criticize Derek or Andre. Mm -hmm. uh, I like those guys and I think they provide value in certain ways, but the Bulls need shooting. They yeah. need to generate offense in some other way. And I think that mm -hmm. starts with replacing the back end of the rotation guys. They just need to try different guys out. Mm. I, I'm with you on that. Because to me, that, that's the be-all, end-all reason for why I would not be thrilled if Derek Jones Jr. is back the next season. Right. They need shooting. He can't provide it. <laughs> it's, it's a real simple <laughs> equation. Um, you know, we saw there was some of that, like, in the first half of last season when everything was going so swimmingly and the Bulls were stacking up Ws. Derek Jones Jr. would knock down the occasional threes in the corner yes. when he was open sure. and when he was in the game. Mm -hmm. That went away. He actually, to his credit, bumped up his three-point percentage from last season to this season from 32.8 to 33.8. Full A full percentage point higher. <laughs> yeah. Yay, congratulations. Hooray. But it's not like he's doing that on a high volume ever. Correct. And him not being in the rotation or barely ever in the rotation, not in it consistently, as Hollinger pointed out, you, you can't really say that that's on Derek Joe Jr. Well, why isn't he making a million threes? Well, because he's playing like seven minutes a game, maybe. But if you look at his per 36, it's, you know, it's the same story. Uh, per 36 minutes last season, he, he uh, shot 2.4 three-point attempts. Mm -hmm. this, uh, this season that just ended... It, per 36 minutes, 3.2 mm. attempts behind the three-point line. So attempts went up a scotch, but basically not much at all. Mm. And it's at 33%. None, none of that is, is it getting it done. And he certainly looked like a player who most often was not confident taking those shots when he was open. Mm. And I think that's the biggest part of the problem. Yeah. And I think, yeah. you know, we, we talked all season about how few threes the Bulls take. And what the Bulls will tell you is that they're generating a lot of good threes, just not making them. Mm -hmm. So how do you address that problem? One, you get better shooters. But two, I would argue, and I don't have the numbers to back this up or verify it, but I would argue that the reason that they're generating so many open threes is because teams are sagging off of them, packing the paint, and letting those guys shoot because they know they can't. Mm -hmm. So how do you make more threes? You shoot more of them. 
And also, what does that do to the rest of your offense? It spaces you out. It allows guys to get all the way to the rim. So you may generate fewer open threes if you put shooters in the corners instead of Derek Jones. Mm -hmm. But what does that do for the rest of your offense? What are like the what are the dom domino effects of that? And I think that would be more trips to the foul line, yeah. more trips to the restricted area for layups. I I just really strongly believe that like you have to get not like one new shooter in there, not one new body, but they need like three or four or five guys to come in and just like be shooters, create offense through their shooting and space out the floor to make life easier. The Bulls are just like they're they're playing this crazy game that I just it's kind of unbelievable to me that they're um this the style that they're playing the responsibility that Demar and Zach have to get to the basket get to the mid-range and also making life super difficult on them by not giving them any space to do so mm -hmm. is the fact that they are taking super inefficient shots and also making those shots even more difficult by not providing spacing mm. is crazy they need to if they're going to stick with their core, they need to add shooting. And I, as much as I like Derek, I think you got to look for somebody to come in and replace him. And Derek is another guy who is better when you have a point guard. If you remember when he was here, when Lonzo was here, just the rhythm of it, you know what I'm saying? That's the reason his three-point shot was so good. Mm -hmm. That's why he looked so comfortable, because everything was in transition. And guess what? A dude who's a high-flying dunking machine is pretty good in transition. So that's why he looked his best and why he looked so clunky last year, because everything was kind of, you know, mid-range, everything's at a stop. And he just getting in and has to stand there at the corner and then shoot. Right. No, he was better when the transition and the ball, having the energy it had, got that. So I don't know if the Bulls are going to get a point guard to try to get back to that. Right. But it's hard to find Alonzo Ball. I don't know if anybody knows that. But, yeah, regardless of all of that, you'll be fine <laughs> without they Derrick also, Jones Jr. They just have so many versions of the same player. It's Ooh. like – Io, Javante, mm -hmm. Derek Jones, all these guys that like are good defense, good defensive players can run in transition. Mm -hmm. Like they all provide, you know, strengths in various areas of the same thing. But like they need shooting. They have yeah. totally under indexed on shooting. Uh, our friend Eco Bean in the comments said basically DJJ shot the same amount of threes as Patrick Williams, yet P Will is worth a hundred million dollar contract. Yeah, some differences I'm, there. I'm my guessing man. you're saying that sarcastically because <laughs> you're not in favor of that contract for Pat that we were talking about. Couple of differences. Basically, uh, well, yeah, Derek Jones Jr. as I just said, three point two three point attempts per thirty six this past season. Mm. Uh, Patrick Williams four point three. Also, Patrick hit his at a forty one and a half percent clip. How Derek do? Uh, less good, <laughs> less good. So yeah, basically you're right. Basically, I was a finalist for you know People Magazine Sexiest Man Alive Award. Hey, good to be. I man. didn't win. I was basically a finalist though. Was it the Burks? It was <laughs> okay. I that was that was that was my undoing. That was, that was I supposed to be in the comments. Poking fun of my look today. Oh yeah. I don't know if it's the Burks or the Roll Up Cups. Come at me. My I man, don't care. Hook fan is always ready. Damn right. <laughs> Huck Matt. Transitional, <laughs> transitional weather, baby. That's right. That's what it's all about. I want, that's a good question. Do you like summer peck or winter peck? That's, I'm, I'm curious which one people like more. The oh, tank which top? one the people like yeah, more? the people. I was going to say, I know the answer. I know, I love. Yeah, we know what you love. You're a summer guy. We <laughs> but do they want, you know, the tank top and the Burks? Or do they want the rolled up pants? Or do they want the mustache? You know what I'm saying? And the hat and the anchor. Well, the anchor is all the time. That's, yeah. that's, that's year round. <laughs> that is year round. Fair, fair enough. Unless I'm not talking about the Bulls. <laughs> um, all right. So, and then let's also touch on Drummond real quick because he was also involved. Uh, wow. Time got away from me there for a second. Um, the only thing interesting there to me is that Hollinger made an argument for Drummond to maybe opt out. Whereas we think, you know, Jones is for sure opting in. Yeah. Saying, hey, man, like backup bigs in the league are hard to come by right now. The market for them can be fickle. Uh, Drummond himself settling on a one-year minimum deal for 21 and 22 doesn't necessarily mean he couldn't opt out and find more on the market this summer for teams looking to bolster their front court. And I think he brought up a fair point that I hadn't really considered yet. Yeah. That he could opt out and get more money. Yeah. I, I thought personally, and I haven't said this out loud, but I thought he was going to opt out. Mm -hmm. the season. I didn't think he was coming back. I thought he did enough to prove and go get himself some more money for the reasons that he's saying. Um, but it feels like he wants to opt back in because, again, comfort is a part of an NBA player and where they want to be. So he might come back 
uh, and bet on himself again and maybe want more money. But I thought he was just going to be a one year and, you know, he'll get out of here and go sign somewhere else for with a contender and make some some more money. Because mm-hmm. uh, what he could be saying, and he could know, like, this is my last ride yeah. for a big bigger contract. So maybe feels like he wants to prove it one more time in, in bulk, yeah. you know, with the Bulls. And then see what he can get after that. Because this is his last big contract, man. I don't think he's going to get a bigger one um, after this season. So um, it could be that betting on himself, staying here for that, then leaving and getting something he feels like he can get more of if he plays better for the Bulls this season. A uh, couple things I would say with Andre. One, I think we won't see a decision on him until Vooch extends. Good point. Mm-hmm. Um, as we know, the deadline for Vooch to do so is June 30th. The deadline for Drummond is June 29th. So, obviously, he's got to make a decision one day before the Bulls have to come up to an extension with Vooch. Right. But likely, we'll figure that out beforehand. Um, Drummond, career low in minutes per game, uh, 67 games played, handful of DNP CDs in there. Um, I 67 is a career low? Uh, wow. 67 is not a career low, but... Uh, minutes per game, 12.7 oh, okay. is a career low. Got you. Uh, significantly fewer than last year where he played 18. So basically like a low-end fringe rotation guy. I think part of that is because Billy didn't trust him, uh, and I think part of it is because they just <laughs> wanted to try different things at certain points. But if I'm Drummond and I'm making basically double the minimum, I'm opting out. I don't want to go ride the bench and be Vooch's backup and not be in favor with the coach and potentially lose a chance to make even more money on my next deal. I'm going to try to go for a bigger contract. Um, that obviously changes if Vooch leaves and they don't come to an extension. Maybe he comes back and has a bigger role, but I'm betting on myself there. He's, uh, he's still, this is going to be his age 30 season. He's got some time left and I think he's still got enough of a reputation as a high end backup center where he could potentially make some more money. Mm-hmm. But basically right now he has, limited chance to play, limited chance to compete at a high level, and still not making, like, huge money, I'd probably test my odds somewhere else. Uh, Mingnim in the comments saying, Drummond, thumbs up. Uh, Spooky Kitty also wants Drummond to stick around. Renewable and Rechargeable said, uh, if another team offers him $1 more, he's gone. I don't know if that was... uh, a comment about the Bulls' lack of flexibility up against the luxury tax right now, or because you think he's not worth any more than the amount the Bulls are slated to pay him next season, which is, by the way, $3.36 million. Chump change, right? Yeah. Um, Yeah, so interesting to keep an eye on. As Will mentioned, these deadlines for these player options are approaching. They're around the corner. Basically, they're all between after the draft happens and when free agency opens. Mm -hmm. So we'll keep an eye on those players at some point in the coming weeks officially picking up those options or declining them to enter free agency. Okay. Um, thanks, everybody, for chipping in to the conversation today about Pat and everything else. Uh, as always, we appreciate when you tune in. Hit that thumbs up button on your way out if you haven't already. We'll be back tomorrow with another episode, same time, same place, 4 o'clock in studio. Um, shout out and thanks to our producer, Sarah, doing a great job on the controls today and teaching while working. I saw shout out to our buddy Braggs from CHO Bears mm-hmm. learning a thing or two on the production side today. That is terrifying. So she was producing and teaching, and that is terrifying. I agree with you. Uh, the day that Braggs is producing one of our bull shows is the day that I... I don't I'm know. Terrified, yes. I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can follow Will on Twitter, Will underscore Golly. Big Dave is at BOW, BWL Sports on Bulls underscore Peck. We are CSU underscore Bulls. We'll talk to you tomorrow, Bulls Nation. Until then, see you, Red. Be good.